Welcome to this week's edition of Like Father, Like Son, a Concordia Sentinel sports podcast. Follow us on iTunes by searching Hannah Publications. Now here's your host, Joey Martin and Jake Martin. And welcome back to another edition of Like Father, Like Son. I'm joined here by my father, Joey Martin. Dad, how we doing? Good, bro. How you doing? We're doing good. I, good. I, I figured we could start things off, kind of shake things up a little bit, introduce a new little uh, concept uh, where I will introduce a big story topic, whether it be national or local. We'll do national first. And you'll tell me big thing, little thing, or no thing. Okie dokie. Sound good to you? Yeah, I got a three-headed quarter. Let's go. All right. Well, let's start off with the Warriors winning 73 games last night. Steph Curry and the bunch took care of uh, business at home against the Grizzlies. That big thing, little thing, no thing. Uh, big thing to me. Uh, and, and I can't believe that Scottie Pippen had the audacity to come out earlier and say, well, we would have beat him, the, his Bulls team, and he would have shut Curry down. Come on, that kind of talk when you can't back it up. No need for that. I mean, I watch Magic, I watch Jordan, I watch Larry Bird. To me, Steph's above them all. Wow. You're talking about offensively, right? Well, yeah. I mean, just player. Overall? In my opinion, yes. Oh, my goodness, Dad. You're stepping out on a limb. Overall. He's just amazing. Dad, I I was giving you an out there with offensive. I know you were. I know you were. Because. still. Still, he caught, he scores enough points to make up for the defense. Okay, but here's here's the thing. Offensively, and I said this on the Citizens podcast just now that I think Steph Curry's the best offensive player in NBA history. That's about mm-hmm. as far as I'm going, at least at this point. But man, you just you just loaded it all. You went all in <laughs> on Curry. Yeah, I am, and you know he ought to be MVP, but. You know these interesting facts I like to throw at you. Wilt Chamberlain did not win the MVP the year he scored fifty point four points and grabbed twenty two point nine rebounds a game. Wow, that's a Bill, great Bill, Yeah, Bill Russell won it that year. So and it, and he had Havlicek and uh, Bailey Howell around him. Now, was that the year that Wilt Chamberlain scored hundred points? I don't think it was. It may have been. But I think that was actually later. I would assume it was because 100 points would definitely help that average. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not real sure on that. Wow. I'm already – we're one topic in, and I'm already just – Blown away, huh? Yeah. Wow. Do I say blown away a lot? I feel like I said that a lot. No, not necessarily. Okay. Well, I say it's a big thing, and it's no-brainer. But, my goodness, I'm not saying he's the best of all time. Okay. Jordan Spieth collapsed at the Masters. Big thing, little thing, no thing. Um, it was a big thing. Of course, we were all interested in see how Smiley Kaufman would do. But, yeah, that was a major collapse. But, you know, he handled it typically Jordan Spieth style, just a class guy. But, yeah, that, that was tough to watch. I'm going to go with a little thing. I won't excuse it as a no thing because it's pretty crazy to see him have such a commanding lead to where – I turned it off. I thought he was running away with it. And then all of a sudden, I see Dan Willett has the lead, and now right. I'm turning it back on, trying to watch his comeback. I, I don't think it's necessarily a big thing either because, 
you know, we've seen we've seen guys bounce back from stuff like this, and with Jordan Spieth especially, I still think he's one of the best in the world. And a guy like Spieth, who is who seems to be as determined as he is, and just you know, kind of does all the right things as far as class and just seems like a really hard worker. I see. I, I I think this will fuel him and make him even better. So I'm just gonna say the little thing. All right. Did you know the average golf ball has 336 dimples? <laughs> I did not. Okay. But I'm glad. I'm I'm sure our readers are glad that you brought that. <laughs> well, absolutely. Hey, Joey. Um, yes, Joey. Joey. Yeah, Matt. Do you remember back in the day when uh, we first started playing golf when they had feathers inside those golf balls too? <laughs> that was, that, Back when I first started playing at Duncan Park, that's I was still hitting feather balls. Oh, so. cool, cool, awesome! <laughs> Not quite that old, but the golf balls nowadays fly a little further. Jordan Spieth's got th- those kids are hitting titanium irons where ten years ago <laughs> exactly. they were still hitting persimmon woods. Speaking of balls flying far, um, <laughs> good, very good segue there. Trevor Story's home run pace: big thing, little thing, no thing. Okay, I'm going to go with little thing on that. I mean, it's still very early. But, uh, of course, the one-time LSU commitment, as we know, just, uh, yeah, he's he's turning heads for sure. I'm going to go big thing because he's hit more home runs in the, in the span of time to begin a season than anyone else in MLB history, which is quite a feat. Um, obviously, I agree with you. He still has a lot more games to play, and we'll see how – uh, his his home run uh, season ends, but uh, like you said, he he was committed to or he he was going to come to LSU, but decided to take a nine hundred thousand dollars signing bonus and throughout mm-hmm. the MLB, and I'd say it worked out pretty well in his favor. Yes, indeed, and, and you know as it goes along, kind of a Smiley Kaufman deal where hey, final round, does the pressure start getting insurmountable, or how does he handle it? Joey Martin bringing it all around. Um, <laughs> and actually, this is giving me an idea for a column. I'm I'm gonna try to find out as many guys as I can who either committed or didn't finish their careers at LSU. Of course, we had Zach Lee, the uh, yeah, that was the big guy one. who signed with the Dodgers, and he was going to be a quarterback, and uh, he's still not really panning out like a lot of people expected. He was going to replace Jordan Jefferson, and right. then those plans went out the window, and. Yeah, a lot of Tiger fans suffered because of that. Yeah, um, that's two Texas boys, by the way, Lee and Story. Yeah. Well, um, let's go with our final national topic, uh, my favorite, my favorite guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Johnny Manziel lying about living with Von Miller while seemingly intoxicated outside of a bar. Big thing, little thing, no thing. I'm going to say little thing with this guy. It's just par for the course. I'm going to say no thing. Uh, look, I love watching Johnny Manziel, but he's past irrelevant at this point. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, kudos to Von Miller for not just jumping in and throwing him under the bus. He's like, well, that's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy, but we're not living together. <laughs> <laughs> that's let's, an inquiry headline right there. Yeah, let's uh, – <laughs> Let's let's take it to the local scene. Okay. Uh, Ron Rushing taking the Brookhaven Academy job. Big thing, little thing, no thing. Uh, I think it's a big thing. Uh, he has, you know, really developed quite a program over there and uh, just well-respected. And, uh, 
Of course, he he was an assistant at Brookhaven years ago, but man, it was tough for him to take down uh, to turn down, considering what he was offered, and and certainly wish him the best of luck. Of course, he'll still see Cathedral and AC. They're in the same district. Yeah, you know this was this is a huge thing to me because Ron has been such a Ron is a pure X's and O's coach. I mean, he is a brilliant. Uh, br- he has a brilliant offensive mind. Um, he, he's brought Cathedral to, to new heights. You know, they won their first football state championship with him in 2014. And um, obviously they, they they didn't have the season they wanted to last year. But uh, though they were losing a lot, they still had big-time players like Will Wallace returning for this season. Um, I'm sure – and I got to see Brookhaven Academy some last year. And, man, they, they are hurting. They are not the same uh, Brookhaven Academy that, that a lot of people are used to seeing. Uh, and also – Sports. Uh, it's right. really been shocking to me because I've used to when I was over there covering and, and Brookhaven and everything. Right. As you, yeah, they were good at everything, but it, it's a tremendous drop off since then. And uh, Ron's the right guy to, to rebuild it. Now, it is kind of surprising that he would take it because we all know how much he, he, he loves Cathedral. And, you know, a couple of years ago when Brookhaven High School, I believe it was Brookhaven High School, offered him. Right. A job, he, offensive coordinator, right? Right, he accepted, but then later had to turn it down because he said it just didn't feel right, and he he, he just felt like Cathedral was home. Now, from what I understand from this deal, he's getting you know, it's a tremendous upgrade in almost every facet of his life. So, right, uh, exactly, good for him. Uh, I know Cathedral fans will be sad to see him go because of all the great memories that he's brought to them. Um, I believe he was the 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 he's. The co- he has the fastest, fastest track to fifty wins as a cathedral coach, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, he he's been really successful at cathedral, and I'm sure he'll do a great job, at Brookhaven Academy. And, and absolutely, and I cannot verify this 100, percent but I do hear that you know he's not going to have any classes to teach, and and we know how huge that is, especially for coaches. Oh God, that's that's coaches' uh, dream job, not not having to teach. Yeah. Um, so, our next topic is an interesting one. Faraday moving Ronald Williams from quarterback to wide receiver and defensive back next season. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say big because, uh, and one reason coach Woods told me that he was doing this is, is McNeese has already offered him as a defensive back. Other, other schools are interested in him. And that's one thing about coach Woods. He, he, he takes care of his players. And, and if Ronald was, you know, a top notch, uh, blue star quarterback I'd be going that's kind of crazy but you and I both know Ronald's been up and down at the quarterback position he, he he'll look great one game and then just be way off the next game and uh I think it's good for Ronald I think I, I I'm not sure who he's going to bring in or maybe David Scott or someone and, and I'm sure that Dwight's not just doing this without having a plan but uh I, I think it's a good thing for Faraday and, and for Ronald I'm going to go little thing. I'm going to go right in the middle. Um, it's big because he's put so much uh, – he's, he's invested so much into Ronald being the quarterback. You know, uh, Dwight came in last year late, right before the season and had to install his offense quickly. And Ronald kind of learned on the go. And Ronald had a lot of reps uh, with Dwight at the quarterback position. And even though he struggled at times – you could sort of see he was starting to pick it up a little bit and his consistency did lack though. And that was something that was 
that, that hurt Faraday. Um, yeah. Well, when you got a quarterback who, who can't get the ball to somebody like Jayshon, you know, that's, that's trouble. Well, and, and so I think it's big because, you know, he's going into his next year uh, w- with his new coach and he's getting the whole offseason with him. I figured, you know, he's going to show improvements, but now that's all kind of wiped away with, with Ronald moving. And I do like his reason for moving him because he, he is, he, he grades out best at, at, at safety. He's a great defensive back and uh, he, he's their best defensive back that they have. And they need him on that side of the ball. And you can't really play him on that side of the ball when he's your quarterback. So I do, I do like his commitment to the move. And that's why I only say it's a little thing. Yeah. Plus losing Jay Sean and Weedy too. I mean, you, you really need to somebody step up a wide receiver, and he may be the guy. He may be the guy, from what I'm hearing. He's uh, he's a much better defensive back than wide receiver, though. I think yeah. this move is is solely based on him being. A, I agree, but he's he's a heck of an athlete, so he may surprise true. us there. That's true. He I, and and you know I wouldn't be surprised to see him have some packages where he takes the snap and, and runs the ball. Because oh, absolutely, absolutely, he, I can that, see that. That was his best weapon last year. Um, just just him using the quarterback power and getting some first downs. Right. He's right. fast and big, and he, he's a heck of an athlete. Yes. Okay. Uh, Outstanding picture, too. Just too bad Ferdy doesn't have baseball. Yeah, that's what I hear. Everybody tells me that he's yeah. an incredible pitcher. Um, but, yeah, that is that is a shame that Ferdy doesn't have baseball where he can't show that off. Um, Zach Rogel leaving Trinity as head football Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's been an up and down, as you know, following him closely, kind of career for Zach. And uh, it seemed like he'd take two steps forward, a couple of steps back. But uh, I, I don't think anybody's real surprised. Uh, how about you on that? I'm going to say it's a little thing. Um, when it comes to Zach, he, he, um, he's, he's, a, he's a good at getting kids to come play for him. Um, it, it, there was there was something missing with that whole dynamic. I like the way he and Chris Bunya, who was assistant coach, uh, I like the way they coached together because Zach was more of the uh, would kind of get on guys, and, and Chris would really was really good at teaching. He would explain why uh, they, that that, he, that Zach was mad, and, and I thought they had a pretty good dynamic, but it just it didn't really work. Um, and you know, I, I'm kind of he didn't get a whole lot of time to show to to, to be able to. Uh, to be able to build Trinity um, back up after losing guys like you know Dee Fleming and Quentin Logan, um, so it's it's I don't know what to think about it. I, I think uh, um, he he was he had success at times, but um, you know there were just there were some disciplinary uh, problems, especially with with basketball with him. Uh, he, he lost his temper a lot. I think that was kind of his undoing was his um, his temperament. So. You know he's a young guy. Um, I, I think he'll he'll be able to find another job somewhere. Um, sure, and, and that's the way he played. So it, it just yeah, he's just got to learn to, to tone got, it down. And he's got to control t- emotions. Yeah, right. It, and, and that comes with maturity. And and I think he'll he'll learn. He's he's learning that the hard way now. And um, we'll see where he goes from there. Um, I mean, look at look at somebody like Freddie Harrison. You know, I'm sure he was that way when he was young, and and he's learned to bottle that and use it right. And uh, Still be effective. Yeah, absolutely. And our last local uh, big thing, little thing, no thing is Natchez baseball has a winning record. They're twelve and ten, and they've already eclipsed last year's record by three wins. 
and, and that's awesome. And, uh, you know, Dan Smith is a heck of a coach, as you well know. Uh, I'm going to go kind of little thing. I, I don't know that their district is, is that strong, and I, I don't mean to take anything away from what they've done. But um, we'll see how they do in the playoffs. If they can get to the second round, then that's huge. Yeah, I'm glad you, you prefaced with that, talking about their district, because their district really isn't that strong. But I'm still going to say it's a big thing because Natchez uh, baseball, go back maybe two or three years ago, and they were they were very, very bad. They, they could not they, – oh, I don't even know if they won games. They might have won a few games. And they were – you know, I remember Shivaki Harrington, he was an eighth grader, and he was their best player. He was an athlete, but – you can't have an eighth grader be your best player, and, and that right. was the case. And they've, you know, Dan uh, came in and he's 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 built that program up, and uh, you know it's it, it's really nice to see um, what Dan's done, and and give him a ton of credit, give the kids a ton of credit. I, I'm going to go with a big thing. Good to see them have a winning season. Yeah, it is. It is. Let's let's round out some local action with. Uh, you know, Delta Charter, lots of positive and, and, and negatives for both baseball and, and softball, but it looks like the Lady Storm will finish second in the district. Second in district, and, and second to Old Grove, who's ranked number one in, in uh, Class A. So that's – they only played them once as, as well. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's the way it worked out. They finished, I think they were five and one in district. But, yeah, great, great. And, and even when, when I was talking to Clovis two years ago, we both, you know, agreed, hey – the first sport that will be successful here is the softball because Jeannie Beach uh, had coached most of these girls at a junior high, so and we knew what they had. But yeah, exceptional year for them, and Jarrett's baseball team is coming around playing even better now, and they're starting to see what it's like to win. So you know, it's amazing. You've got a school with no seniors at all, and they're competing with these established programs. And she's coaching with – she coached them in summer league too. And I think that was right, big. She, right. you know, That's give, true. Give her a lot of credit for spending the time with these kids, getting to know them. I mean, she's she's coached a lot of ball games for these for these kids for how young they are. So exactly. I think that's a, a testament to her for putting that, all that time in. And it's starting to, it's starting to work out. And, and next year when they're eligible, they're going to be uh, – they're going to be a force to stop. And – as far as the baseball team, you know, they got a big win against St. Frederick last week. Who, who was a, you know, that's a Warrior team that's 500 on the season and has some talent. So uh, Delta Charter looking strong in both uh, baseball and softball, and that's 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 certainly good to see. And, and what's been a kind of a down year in, in Concordia Parish when it comes to, to both sports, uh, you know, Vidalia's kind of carrying the torch with that. They, they've suffered, the baseball team, uh, you know, suffered, or well, the softball team, rather, they Suffered back-to-back double-digit losses. Uh, Grace, I'm sorry, baseball. Grace Christian and Buckeye beat them double digits uh, back-to-back, and then the Lady Vikings continue to show their lack of chemistry. You know, what do you make of both both squads, and what's been a disappointing season for both? Well, uh, we'll start with the softball, um, and you mentioned chemistry. It's it's not there. Uh, um, there's some problems, and I think most people know about the team just not. Um, really connecting and bless his heart for us to who hates to lose worse than anybody. He's done everything he can. He's put freshmen in there. He's changed things around. He's, you know, I, at one point he even threatened in the year early. So it, it's been frustrating, but, um, you know, I, in the last three games, I think he was just, Hey, we, we just need to do something now to build, 
character for the future, and and hopefully things will be much better next year. Baseball, um, you know, it's a matter of when Cole can Jimmy and Chandler Grayson get on the mound, they have to strike people out to to assure themselves of an out, and that's just not going to happen every game. That's um, not baseball. That's just not baseball. Yeah, I know. You're right. You got to exactly. have your defense behind you making plays. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Especially against teams like Buckeye and, and other teams like that, yeah. Yeah, you're playing you're playing three A competition. I mean, you can't just expect the pitcher to do it all by himself. Yeah, and and, and you know the pitcher he, he makes a good pitch, ground ball to the infield, and it's bobbled or something, and and that's that's gonna, you know, that's gonna wear on them mentally. So it, it's been tough. Uh, they they're still I think around twenty eight playoff wise. Uh, who knows? You know, they could put one of those games together that we expected and, and be a factor. Absolutely. Let's, let's end this with some uh, LSU football talk. We got the spring game this okay. Saturday at 3 p.m. Dad, uh, I know you don't read too much into spring games. I like I like them a lot because I like to see guys that uh, are usually kind of sitting behind other guys and – um, even even though that can give you some false hope about him, uh, <laughs> DJ Chark comes to mind. Right. Um, this year, who who are you looking forward to seeing, and what are you looking forward to most uh, when it comes to the spring game? Well, obviously the backup quarterbacks, how they'll look. Um, uh, the tight ends, so they, are they going to use that more, or how much more will they be in the offense? Uh, like you've been saying last couple of months, linebackers, how are they going to look? Um, and, and we know it's going to be vanilla, but still, like you say, it, it's you're going to see, hey, look, this guy may be able to contribute. Yeah, and the main thing for me is I just, you know, hope no major injury comes out of it, and uh, that that somebody steps up. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see the linebackers for sure. I think I think I have a good idea of who the starters are. And that and if I had to guess I would say Kendall Beckwith and Duke Riley in the in the inside and then you would have Arden Key at the buck and probably either Tayshawn Bauer or Corey Thompson at the F, which would those are the outside linebacker positions. The buck <laughs> usually um blitzes more, usually has more pressure. Um, I, th- I think that's going to be the case, but where do guys like Donnie Alexander fit in? Where do guys like uh, Devin White fit in, who's had an incredible spring? He's a true freshman and has really turned a lot of heads. And, and he's not just a, you know, he's a 250-pound freshman. Like, this this kid looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where Are they going to get some playing time at inside linebacker? Uh, is Devin Voorhees still in the conversation, who has looked – a lot better. Um, he's put on some he's put on some mass, and um, he, he's of course kept his speed. A real athletic uh, inside linebacker there. That's a good piece to have. I'm, I'm ready to see all of those guys. Um, yeah. And then of course uh, I want to see development with Brandon Harris. You know the last close scrimmage they had. You know last Saturday, Les Miles said he separated himself pretty much. He didn't say that. He just said Brandon Harris is ready to be the quarterback, which. Is telling me that hey, he's separating himself, and of course his statistics reflected that. I think he can't remember how many passing yards, but he had uh, four passing touchdowns, and it, it, he pretty much blew away both uh, Justin McMillan and uh, Danny Atling. So yeah, he's doing so much better job with with his checkoffs as well. 
checkdowns, and I think that's a big part of the passing game. I want to see that as well. I want to see how they use uh, you know the, the tight ends, and I want to see if they if they get the ball underneath to Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette and guys like that because you got some yeah, athletes. Get it, get it to them. Let them go to work in the open field. Um, absolutely. I think I've pretty much covered everything I'm interested in seeing. I mean, I want to see how the team, both sides look, obviously, but uh, quarterback play and linebacker play definitely head in my list. Should we talk about LSU baseball at all? Um, I, I, you know, Jerry's still out. Uh, big series with Missouri. I, I tell you what, I will say this. I love watching Kramer Robertson play. Yeah, but, you know, I think that cleanup hole was jinxed because he <laughs> I agree. He had a, he had an incredible last week. I think it was seven for nine. And mm-hmm. then where's the stat? I wrote this stat down. I gotta find it. Oh, here it is. Cleanup batters for the past week are one for twenty with wow. LSU's lineup. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kramer Kramer's fun to watch. He he's a great athlete, uh shortstop and and, and, and there's no doubt. And Moki spit him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun to see her reactions in the crowd. Yes, it is. But uh, you know, I can't. I, I was just starting to feel really good about this lineup before they got shut out and only had two hits against McNeese um, Tuesday night. But before that, you know, I was I was liking. The only problem I had was I wanted to see more Jordan Romero in the lineup. And I was just thinking, if you have Antoine Duplantis, who is – he's been everything we thought he would be and more. If you had Duplantis, Jake Fraley, Greg Deitman, and Ben Romero, and then you sprinkle guys like Kramer Robertson and, and Bo Jordan uh, down the lineup, I mean, that's a winning lineup, I feel. And, and I think – I'm hoping, at least, that Alex Lang turned a corner uh, in, in last week's series against Vanderbilt because he struggled at first, gave up a few home runs, but then really bounced back and – and look strong and limited. Sure did. limited and Hunter Newman looked so good coming behind him. So that's what they need. That is what they need. They need better bullpen play too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a really young team. I guess I guess you should expect stuff like this because they, you know, one one second they look really good, the next minute they're they're losing to McNeese and you're going, what the heck's going on? So the jury is still out, like you said, but uh, we'll be interested in seeing how they how they did this weekend. For sure. I think that'll do it for us this week. Well, you, well, you want one more t- nice tidbit? Of course. You you always give us the <laughs> stop. Us, uh, facts. Uh, all right. Jimmy Chitwood, the hero of the film Hoosiers, only had four lines in the entire movie. Wow. Where do you find this stuff at, by the way? <laughs> I guess just uh, surfing and coming across stuff. You know, Jimmy Chitwood, there's only one other player I've seen better than him, and that was Steph Curry. <laughs> okay, we're going to get on that. You're going to get some hate mail about this. <laughs> Those are your words, not mine. Uh, Steph Curry is the best offensive player. Okay, I, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll agree on that. And, and, well, and if he wins, wins another NBA championship, you know, you gotta you gotta put him up a little more. I mean, it looks like he's going to. I mean, he, Dad, I'm already calling him the best offensive player. Okay, I got you. And I hold him in high regard. I just, I think you got to play both ends of the court to be the greatest, right? I agree. I agree. And you got to keep that mouthpiece in more. <laughs> that's that's part of his image. I know. 
<laughs> That's what we need to do, sell Steph Curry mouthpieces. All right, we're ending it on that <laughs> on that note. Um, thanks for joining us again this week, and uh, we look forward to bringing you some more insight into random facts about Hoosiers and golf balls next week. Thanks for joining us.